Today's shir is found at the beginning of the new parak, the ninth parak of Nudorum, top of Samach Dalid. This is a parak that you'll notice is a rather short parak. It measures three dapim in length. The topic of this parak is the absolution of vows. One who had vowed and wants it absolved, he approaches a Talmud Chacham, a Torah sage, and through a discussion between them, the result will be the uh, annulment of the vow. There are two different tracks that exist for vow annulment. One is called Charota, and the other is referred to by the term Pesach. Charota is a situation where a person simply expresses his regrets over having made the vow. Whether or not that method is effective in having the vow rescinded is dependent on different opinions. The other method is through a discussion it's uh, revealed that the one who made the vow, had he known certain information that he didn't know of at the time that he made the vow, so he never have made the vow. So, one is a, a direct expression of regret uh, concerning the vow itself. That's harota which we won't be focusing on in our discussion. The other has to do with Pesach. And in order to really appreciate that, we have to see the examples. So the topic heading that we have included on the side of the Gemara, the Nosei, we've written, Shtei Kulos Shel Rabbi Eliezer Benedorim. Two points of leniency will be featured uh, uh, on the part of Rabbi Eliezer regarding vows. Number one, one point, and you can see in the text, you'll find that's illustrated with a Roman numeral number one. One is that uh, we can uh, motivate the person to to have his vow rescinded through mentioning to him that if your vow continues... So that will bring dishonor uh, to your parents. And the second leniency that Rebbe Lezer has is Kopoischen Benolad, where there were circumstances that were not present at the time that he took the vow, that he made the vow. The circumstances that we introduce to uh, the to the client are circumstances that arose only later on. According to Rabbi Lezer, we can use the later developed circumstances as a basis for absolving the individual, the client, from his vow. I know that that sounds a bit abstract, but we'll see uh, we'll see in a more concrete form as we go into the text. The Mishnah. Rabbi Lezer Omer, Poishin li Adam bechvod Ava v'imo, v'chachomim oisrin. 
Rashi at the top. We tell the client, the Chocham, the sage would say to the person who has the vow, Had you known that they will say regarding your father, to a man like you who raised a son that's so free with vowing. It's the way of the wicked to vow. We said in the first parak of this Masechta, Ve'im Omar, love, if the son would respond, no, I didn't know that, they would say that about my father. Dilu ho'isi yodea, lo'isi no there. Had I known that that's the way people would speak about my father, I wouldn't have vowed. Matirin lo. We will use that information to absolve him of the vow. The Chachomim Osrin, Rashi says, why did the Chomim not accept this? Isn't it so that the fellow said, well, had I known that, would I say that about my father? I wouldn't have vowed. So they say, Shafilu ain't daitulis hare, noisnim lo das lomar she is hare. What we're fearful of is someone who really doesn't regret having taken the vow, even with the shame brought onto his father he would be too embarrassed to say otherwise so it's almost as if he's being led into saying uh, oh I wouldn't have done it so as to preserve his parents uh, esteem but in truth the Chachamim are fearful that this guy would have vowed anyway simply out of embarrassment he says I wouldn't have vowed when in fact he would have Omar Rebbe Tzadok Ad she poischin loy b'chvod ovevimo Yiftach loy b'chvod hamokoim We look at the rush to appreciate this Yiftach loy b'chvod hamokoim The rush commentary that we're reading is found to the lower, lower uh, extreme of the narrow lines Bo lahak sheis al divrei Rebbe Eliezer The Mishnah at this point Namely, Rabbi Tzadik is coming to ask on Rabbi Lezer, just like you are willing to have the Pesach in terms of parents' esteem, and you don't seem to be worried that the guy might be lying. In other words, he sincerely regrets having his parents uh, be cast in a bad light. Well, then Yiftechulo nami b'chvod hamokum v'yomrulo. Then a Pesach using the honor of the Almighty should also be a suitable means of absolution. And say to the client, "Inu ha'isu yadeh shetikorei ra'lif ne'amokum klum ha'isu no there." Had you known that you would be considered wicked in the eyes of God, would you have vowed? And you see that. Uh, we don't do that. So that's what Rabbi Tzodok is objecting to. Uh, let us take a look at Rashi's explanation as well. Rashi on the third narrow line from the beginning of the narrow lines. Rabbi Tzodok, 
Klomar im kein yechayim liftach lo bechvod avavimo poslo nami bechvod amokom. If, as you say, you can base the absolution on parents' honor, why not base the absolution on the Almighty's honor? She yechayim loimar lo nami shekineged akodesh baruchu oise shenoidev a roshehu l'shamayim. By vowing, you are wicked in the eyes of heaven. So the Gemara, the Mishnah continues. In Cain, if you were um, to uh, accept that, then Ein uh, Nedorim. This is, if you look in the Rosh commentary, Hashivu Chachomim de Rebelezer, Mehalo Tesayon. The uh, opinion that defends Rebbe Eliezer would say, you're not going. You're not making a point by suggesting liftoyach bechod hamokom. The Afrebilezer mode beha devadai yishoker. You can't compare poishin bechod avavimo to poishin bechod hamokom. In this case, if you were to tell someone, had you known that by vowing you would be wicked in the eyes of God, would you have vowed? Here he'll definitely lie. The lo chotzef inish kuli haish yomar. A person. No one would say, yeah, I would have vowed anyway. That because of the honor of God, uh, I, I, even with the honor of God in mind, I still would have vowed. The Lodomi, and the Rosh here expands his idea a bit further. But the, the main point is that in the case, and this is a Rabbi Lezer's point, that in the case of Parents' honor, since in potential a person would have said, well, in all due respect to my parents, I would have vowed anyway. When he says, oh, had I known my parents' esteem would have been brought into question, I wouldn't have vowed, we believe him. And once again, why is that? Because people might say, I I would have vowed anyway, even though my parents' honor would have been besmirched. However, no one would say that even though God's honor has been questioned, I would have vowed anyway. No one would say that. Therefore, when a person says, had I known that God's honor would have been brought into question, I wouldn't have vowed. We can't trust that. We continue in the Mishnah. Umoidim chachomim lereblezer bedover shebeinoi levein oviv viimoi shepoisunlo bechvoid oviv viimoi. The chachomim who didn't accept the idea of poisun bechvoid oviv viimoi. However, if it's a matter that uh, that the vow, let's say, directly affected his. Uh, mother or father that in a case like that the honor of the parents can be used as a uh, basis for absolution um, the uh, the rush is very very terse on this and he says where a man directly imposed a vow uh, upon his father or against his father there the Chachamim agree 
that the idea of kavod avavimo can be used as a basis of absolution. V'oid Omar Rabbi Eliezer. The word v'od means, in this case, another leniency uh, of Rabbi Eliezer is poischin benolat. Uh, we'll see more examples of this as we go on in the mission itself, but right now it means you can use as the basis of absolution information that wasn't present at the time of the vow. V'chachomim oisrin, the chums do not uh, allow poischin benolat. Ketzad. Now, illustrations. And you can see on the side under the Mivneh, heading the uh, structural note, we have a volcano shape, or a trapezoid, and the word konem is highlighted. And we've written, these are dugmois shel nola. The double underline mark you can see are examples that will, that will appear in the Mishnah that reflect the idea of nolad. Nolad literally means something that is born. And in, in this context, it means that at the time of the vow, it had not yet been around. It was born later on. The uh, Mishnah continues with the examples. Omar kainim she'eni nene li'ish ploni. He vows um, not to benefit from so-and-so. Venasa soifer. And that so-and-so became a scribe. A scribe is a person that prepares documents and he is someone upon whom everyone is dependent. So at the point that the person vowed not to benefit from Mr. X, Mr. X was not yet a scribe. Later on he became a scribe. And if, if the uh, Madir uh, here is uh, the one who makes the vow uh, through the vow isn't going to be able to benefit from this guy now, it's going to be a big loss to him. So he wants to have the uh, the vow absolved. So if you hold poischin benolad, then you can use this information as the basis of absolution. O shehoya masi es beno. A person, when he made the vow, the subject of the vow uh, had, a, had a child, but wasn't of marriageable age, or it wasn't anticipated that the child was going to get married, and as time went on, the uh, the mudar then was gonna was marrying off his child, and if the vow would take hold, so the uh, vower wouldn't be able to go to the wedding. There's a um, comment made in the Teisvis which reflects what we just said. Uh, this little star in the second line of, of the wide lines of the Teisvis commentary: Oshemasi benovetzochli konis lebeso lechubas beno, and he has to go into. The, <coughs> the house to participate in the wedding. The uh, Mishnah continues. The Omar and the one who made the vow says, Had I known that so and so was going to become a sofer or that so-and-so was going to marry off his child uh, uh, in, uh, soon after I had made the vow, well, I wouldn't have made the vow. So according to Rebbe Lezer, that is a basis of absolution, according to uh, the Chachamim. No. Koinim shani nichnas. person vowed not to enter a particular house. The Naseh Beis HaKnesses. And that house was converted into a shul, into a synagogue. Omar, 
And the vower says, Had I known that that structure would have been converted into a synagogue, Lo no there, I wouldn't have found. Rebelezer Matir, Rebelezer says that that is a uh, an acceptable absolution, and Vachachomim Osrim, the Chomim say not so. So you have a fundamental machloikis between the Chachomim uh, and Rebelezer whether you can uh, use Nolad as the basis for vow absolution. As far as what is the Say the source for this. The uh, Gemara will deal with this later on uh, on Omid Base. The Gemara, my ein nedorim. Use your arrow that you see to the immediate left-hand side of the Gemara text and align it with the arrow above. The response we saw in the Mishnah was im kein ein nedorim. What do we mean by that? So we take a look in order to appreciate the Gemara's question. We look in the Rashi. You see the Rashi uh, four lines from the end. My einedorm de koomar le rebitzodok le rebelezer einedorm. What was his intention when he said that? So, in answer to that, we see in the Gemara two. Answers Abaye and at the top of Omid Bey's Rova, we read in the Gemara Ma Omar Abaye Im Kain Ein Nedorim Nitorin Yofe. We look in in the Ran My Ein Nedorim Omar Abaye Im Kain Ein Nedorim Nitorim Yofe Shafilu Im Mitchila Lo Hoya Nimna Mipnei Kvod Hamokom. Even if at the time he made the nether, at the time he vowed, he would have made the vow anyway, even if it would be a disparagement to the Almighty. Lo yoiz ponof bekach lefnei chochom v'yashakir v'yoymari lo yisiyodea lo yisiyodea He wouldn't be so bold to uh, express that feeling in front of the Chacham, but rather he will lie and he will say, Oh, had I known that it would be a disparagement to the Almighty, I certainly would not have vowed. Once again, that's a lie. In truth, this guy would have vowed anyway. As a result of that, the absolution is really not an absolution in Mishnah Hachi. Moedah Rebelezer the Rabbonon, and as a result of this, Rebelezer at this point would agree with the Rabbonon Shein Poisonel Bekvod Hamokom that you don't use that the issue of Kvod Hamokom, the honor of the Almighty, as a basis for vow absolution. Umiu Bechvidovavimopolik. However, when it came to honor of parents, there Rebelezer disagrees. The Rabbonon Asri, the Rabbonon say no. Even with Kvod Ovavimo, we will not permit that as being the basis of an absolution. The Sevira Lahu, the Rabbonin, are of the opinion, No distinction is made between these two. Ein Odom Meiz. Hilkoch, Ein Poschen. A person would not be so bold as to say in front of the Chacham that I would have vowed anyway. And since that potential doesn't exist, when he says, Oh, I certainly would not 
have vowed, had I known that, it would have been a disparagement. We just don't rely on him. It's true that with regard to quote hamokom, a person wouldn't be maize pun him. He wouldn't be so bold as to say that he would have vowed anyway in front of the, when he's present in front of the Chochem. But with regard to the honor of one's parents, he would have told the Chochem, I know it's at their honor or expense, but I would have vowed anyway. Therefore, we will rely on that for Pesach, namely, we will trust the guy when he says, Oh, had I known that would have been a disparagement to my parents, I would not have vowed that he is saying that truthfully and not simply in order to save face. So as far as Abaye is concerned, when uh, Rebbe Lezer in the Mishnah uh, says, it means that if you would rely on uh, so then as Abai says, it wouldn't be a reliable basis for ab- absolving vows. We continue at the top of Omid Bey's the Rava Omar, Rava, he explains the expression in the mission of Ein Nedorim. He says, According to Rava, if you're going to allow then people will not go to sages for vow absolution. Rashi at the top says, The person would say to himself, Why should I go to the Chacham? I don't need to go. It certainly is a, is a released and annulled vow. The problem with this is, um, the Torah says, A person cannot absolve himself of his own vows. You need a Chacham to absolve the vow. The Ran uh, elaborates, and we look at the Ran on the top line. Rabbi Eliezer says back to Rabbi Tzolik in the Mishnah that you would that if you would be able to be posech b'chvod that you would if, that you would be able to absolve a person of his vows because of the uh, disparagement uh, to the Almighty. Everyone would use this as a Pesach for himself. This is a type of, of opening uh, for absolution that's relevant to every neder. So that if you were to use a Kvod HaMokom as the basis of vow absolution, there would be, uh, no one would ever approach Chachomim, sages for vow absolution. The the Teisvis, uh says uh, has a slightly different twist to this. The Teisvis commentary says, If you would be using the honor of Hashem as the basis without any additional expression of regret, everyone will know their own vows. And people will come to be very uh, offhanded uh, with regard to vows. So right now we have a machlokes between Abaye and Rava in the interpretation of the mission of Ein Nedorim. The Gemara continues, Tanan, 
Umoidim chachomim l'Reb Lezer b'dover shebeino levein oviv imo shepoishen loy bechvoid oviv imo. The chachomim who originally were opposed to a pesach based on kavod oviv imo, when it comes to a neder that's beino levein oviv imo, then you can use this pesach. Bishlamo labaye the Omar im kain ein nedarim nitoran yafe. With regard to Abaye's approach, that if you were to use Kavod HaMokom, so then you wouldn't have a reliable Pesach. In this case, uh, why do the Chomim agree with Rebbe Lezer with regard to Pesach Bechvod Ovavimo? In this case, Kavod the Ichtsiflei, since you're dealing with someone that was so bold, so as to make a nether against his own parents, where he prohibited his folks from benefiting from his from his properties, you can assume then ha This guy who made such a vow is probably a big chutzpan or a big mechutzaf. He's a person of that t- uh, demeanor, and therefore, if he says. Had I known that by uh, by vowing uh, thusly, my parents' honor would have been um, disparaged, you can rely on this guy that he must be telling the truth. Because this kind of guy would just as well have said, oh, I don't care about their honor, I would have vowed anyway. <clears throat> so, with Abaye's approach to the Mishnah about... Um, if you were to use Kavod HaMokom, you would have a weakness in the in the basis of the HaTorah because of our uh, suspecting whether people will tell the truth. In we understand then here in this quote from the Safe of the Mishnah why the Chachamer Mamodireb to Rebbe Lezer in a case of a neder that's Beino Leveno Vivimo Elo LeRava Diomar Im Kain Ein Nedarim Nishalim LeChacham. According to Rava, that said that by being poisech b'kulon amokom, people are going to um, absolve their own vows. Well, hacha am I posting? Why over here did Hachamim agree with Rebbe Lezer that you can use kvod avivim as a pesach? Let's take a look at the Rashi. Ella le Rava. Rashi, we're looking at is across from here. Ella le Rava diomar. Why, why do the Rabbonin concede over here that you can be This kind of vow also, a person will not come to the Chacham. He'll annul it uh, on his own. Using the a parent's honor as a basis. The Gemara answers, Amri, Kevon de Chol Nidri, Lo Sagya Lahon de Lav Chacham, Hachanami Poschen Rashi, Omar, Amri, we answer the objection to Rav as follows, Kevon de Sha'ar Nidorim, Lo Sagi, below Shela Lachacham, since other vows one needs to go to a chacham. Mishum de'ain poishin bechvod ovev imo. 
because of the rabbi's position, the Chachomim's position, that you don't use Kvod Avavimo as a basis uh, for, uh, for vow annulment. Shalo Yatir Ba'atzmo so as not to coming to annul for yourself, hacha beneder shebeino levein ovavimo modu rabona de poschen. Since in all other uh, cases we don't use kvod ovavimo as a basis for vow annulment, and therefore a person is going to have to go to a hacham. In this case, the rabbanon agree; they concede that will allow you to use. Kvod of Vimo as basis. The Bishvil High Neder Greda, the Pasul Bechvod of Vimo, because of this particular vow, where the rabbis allowed uh, using Kvod of Vimo as a basis for the annulment, Lo Asila Meimar, a person isn't going to come to think Ein Nedarim Nishalim Lechacham, Kevin Dekulu Nedarim Ba'amon Nishalim Lechacham, since all other vows. One does have to turn to the Chacham. So in this case, in this isolated tight nether, we will relax our position and allow Pesach B'chvod Ovavimo. Once again, and why is that? Because in all other vows, as a result of the stance taken by the Chachamim, that we do not allow Pesach B'chvod Ovavimo, there is no fear that in this case a person will end up uh, re- uh, absolving himself of the vow. The Gemara continues. V'oid Omar Rebbe Eliezer Poyschen ben Doilad V'chulei My time of Rebbe Eliezer Here we have a double underline marking on the side of the Gemara under the Nosei Mivneb we've indicated Ta'amom Shel Rebbe Eliezer V'rabonon B'machloikas in Poyschen ben Doilad we feature the reasons for each position. So, what is the basis for a blesser that we are posech benolad? Omar Rav Chistam Demakra. The pasuk says regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, who was at the time that this pasuk appears, is located by his father-in-law Yisro in the country of Midian, after having uh, run away from Egypt that is after Moshe Rabbeinu had run away from Egypt the Almighty appears to Moshe and says go back to uh, Mitzrayim and the Almighty says go back to Mitzrayim ki mesu anoshim the people that were responsible for your um, wanting to for your running away from Mitzrayim and from and as a result of your running, running away from Mitzrayim and uh, reaching the home of Yisro and, and vowing to stay with him, the reason, the initial reason, is no longer applicable. Why? Because the men that were seeking you out are no longer alive. Vahomisa denoladhu, the the issue of death is something that is a is a new circumstance. Those people that were seeking him out, we'll see later how they have to do with Dosan and Aviram. According to the simple reading of the Pasuk, they have uh, they have since died. 
So that their death is a new point of information. And nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to use uh, was uh, was able to use that as the basis of absolving the vow. The Rashi because Moshe Rabbeinu had vowed to Yisrael that he's not going to go back to Mitzrayim because of the men that were seeking him that were seeking uh, uh, revenge or seeking to kill him and Moshe had vowed to Yisrael not to leave because of those men that were seeking him. And the Almighty uh, uh, allowed Moshe Rabbeinu to, to absolve himself of the vow. Uh, for the, the, the reason that you made the vow is no longer applicable because they're dead. So what do you see from this? You see that a vow can be rescinded based on later developments which we call Nolad. Rabbonon, Maitamaya, what's the basis of the Rabbonon? So you notice we have a long answer marking. Kosavri, Hano, Mi, Maisi. The Rabbonon response is, did they really die? The Ho'omar, Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum, Rabbi Shum, and Yochoi. Komokum, Shnemar, Nitzavim. Whenever you see these words in the Torah, Einon Elo, Dosan, Vaviram. It's a reference to those wicked individuals, Dosan, Vaviram. Those were the people that were seeking Moshe Rabbeinu's life, and those very people were still alive at this point that the Almighty is saying, go back to Mitzrayim. So there's no issue of nolad in certain terms of their having died. They were still alive. El Rather, what the Pasuk means is they became impoverished. And Teisvah says, very importantly, he says, It's true that their impoverishment may very well have been a new development, but that's not considered nolad. And the rush adds one word. Why is it not considered nolad? Because it's a common thing. People, uh, people have money one day and lose it the next day. Very common situation. And therefore... Uh, the Almighty was saying, you know, the people that were seeking your life out, they're no longer a threat, they've become impoverished. And as we said before, that's not a problem of Nolad, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu was able to go back. But there's no uh, proof then, according to Rabbonan, from here that Poishin ben Nolad. Omar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Kol Odom She'ein Loi Bonim Choshuv Kemes in light of what we just said uh, regarding Dosan and Abiram having become impoverished, and as a result, the Torah used the term Mesu, you have another example. Someone who has no children is considered like a person who is dead. Shinemar, and it's based on a posuk. It's uh, Rochel says to her husband, Yankiv Ovinu, Hava li bonim, provide for me children. I want you to be with me so that we can have children together. If not, I am like dead. Vitanya. Arba chashuvim kemes. There are four 
that are considered like the dead. Tosfos adds that categorizing people as like dead has practical bearing for prayer. In other words, you're dealing with a very dire situation and therefore prayer is necessary. So you have four people that are considered like dead. Oni, umitsoro, vesuma, umi, she'en, lo, bonim. A person who is impoverished, a person who is afflicted with tsaras, a blind individual, and someone that is childless. And here, you can see with the diamonds, we've highlighted these four individuals, and the Gemara will provide sources for each one of these points. Oni, the issue of impoverishment, as we saw before, the reference to Dosan Aviram, they were Mesu. And the, the uh, Rush in his commentary, he points out they weren't Mitzoroyim, and they, had they been uh, wealthy individuals, they still would have been able to uh, af- um, affect Moshe Rabbeinu uh, through the fact that they commanded uh, power even if they had been Mitzoroyim. So you see from here that they were not uh, Mitzoroyim, in other words, they were not wealthy, and uh, the idea of their not being Mitzoroyim, they would have been outside of the camp had they been Mitzoroyim. So they were not, uh, they were not uh, afflicted with Tsaras, uh, nor would they have been considered wealthy, otherwise, as we said, they would have been able to affect Moshe Rabbeinu. They were not blind at that point either, which the Rosh proves with a Pesach. And they had children. So the only thing that's really left for us to conclude is that they had been impoverished. The Gemara continues, Mitzorah, where do we see that a Mitzorah is considered like dead? The Pesach says with regard to Miriam, who had been afflicted with Tzoraz, the, the prayer made for was, let her not be considered like dead. At that point when she was afflicted with Tsaras. The Suma, a blind individual, Dichtiv, the Pasuk says, Bemechshachim Oshivani Kemeisei Oilam. Bemechshachim means in the darkness. And in darkness one does not see. And hence he is considered in this Pasuk like the dead. Umi she'ein lo bonim, Dichtiv hovoli bonim vimayin meisa onochi. Which this Pesach we saw quoted above with Rachel, desirous of children, which at that point she had none of. And if not, if she doesn't have children, she, is considered, she considers herself like dead. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.